Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs and medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this 
is Force Center. We are currently broadcasting on the, I don't want to say it's the poop deck. I don't know what the correct terminology <laughs> is. Maybe it is the poop deck wow. of the sail barge, Java <laughs> sail barge to be exact. I'm one of your hosts, Jennifer Landa. Also with me today, Ken Knapsack and Joseph Scrimshaw. Why am I talking like this? <laughs> wow, this is, there's so much great stuff that just happened. I did not expect to go right to the poop deck of the katana. Exactly, thank you. There's the correct terminology. I love everything That's you just beautiful. did there. Yeah. Oh boy, hello guys, welcome. Uh, well, I'm happy to be here. I'm, yes. I'm in one piece, I know Joseph's in one piece. Yeah. We all have big weekends, I sound like it, but... Joseph, you feel it too. Yeah, I mean, you sound like you've been on a poop deck. I mean. Oh, it's been yeah. <laughs> like you yeah. caught a sailor bug. Yeah, I got yeah, I got the New York bug. Not even oh. sick, just screaming. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, I mean, you you had lots of fun. You're out in New York uh, for Schmodown uh, stuff and comedy stuff with uh, with Mark Ellis, right? Yeah, absolutely. Performed at the New York Comedy Club, which was great. Uh, I had just uh, never performed stand up in New York during my my stand up run, and it was it was a lot of fun to do that. And the, and the New York crowds are, are pretty awesome. And the live movie trivia Schmodown was there. I met some Force Center fans. Nice, and I and I always am I'm, I'm very appreciative when they go out of the way to say, "Hey, I, li- I listen to Force Center." Nice uh, at these big Schmodown events, so uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I just screamed at the crowd, lost my voice in the first ten seconds. <laughs> I, I need Joseph Scrimshaw's theater school of screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just here's my first lesson: just pretend you're Brian Blessed. You're, oh. Yeah. oh my god. <laughs> And everything will be fine. We're gone with him. And the the uh, stand-up show went well. You you did some yeah. some new material, some classic material. I did I did I did a couple of bits. Josh and I did our thing, and uh, it was interesting. Josh and I had to share a, a bed, literally a bed, all weekend, and so that was. Uh, that oh, was I thought you meant on stage, like cool. Uh, oh yeah, that'll be next. So uh, it was a lot but, of fun. But you had afternoons in the evening. We had after- in, in bed with <laughs> literally back to back at a tiny New York. You know you know those hotels because oh, we. Yeah. It was me and Mike Kalinowski in a room, and then Josh was going to crash, and we're like, let's get a cot. And then we get up there, and there's no room for our bags, let alone a cot. <laughs> and Josh was like, I'll sleep on the floor. I'm like, I can't. I can't yeah, let another come human on. do that. Oh, come on. That's we, nice. we host a podcast together. We can, we can cuddle up together. So it just was a fun weekend. And uh, thank, to any, thank you to anyone who, who came out and saw it. I'll, I'll be in Arizona this week, and I'll tell you more, more about that later. But, um, yeah, and, and, and I, I really do mean it. it I love the Shimoda. I love all the stuff. But when someone pulls me aside and be like, like, I listen to Force Center too. <laughs> That's great. Like that is club. awesome, yeah. Jennifer. What were your adventures? I don't think I really had any um, that I can. I don't even know what I did. Again, oh, I went to the Grove. That's not particularly the Star Warsy. Uh, but I, went, I actually got this great book for my daughter. It's called uh, I think it's called I Am a Princess, and it has Leia on the cover. It's one of those golden Ooh. books, and it's really neat because it talks about what being a quote unquote princess means. It means being a leader. It means being brave. Nice. And it's just, it's really, really well done. And my daughter loves it because she loves Leia. And then we, cause it's like, you know, you stand up to your enemies and there's a picture of Vader and then there's a picture of Jabba. And she's like looking at all the characters and she goes, I like Jabba. And I went, oh, yes, <laughs> yes. And then she goes to Bib Fortuna and she's like, I don't like that guy. 
How do you feel about that as a as a mother? I mean, obviously Java oh, I, is in the DNA, but yeah. good for tuna. No, I get it. I get it. I'm like, yeah, I'm right there with you, kid. And then yeah. I was like, well, what about C3PO? And she's like, oh yeah, I like C3PO. C3PO is okay. He's but, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, she understandably does not want a wonga. Do you want a wonga? No, I don't. Bib Fortuna. I do not want a wonga. He's he's creepy looking. I'll give her that. He is creepy. Those little display hands of his. Yeah. And then for you, Joe, it's a big weekend. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, The show that I've been working on, Tig Tone, uh, has been broadcasting, but this uh, Sunday was the episode that I scripted. Ah. Uh, Yeah. And it's always hard to tell exactly what you can say beforehand. Uh, So I can now say that Fred Willard was the guest star. Holy man. That was really awesome. I got to go to the recording session with him Mm. uh, as uh, this weird wizard named Crackers. So that's pretty much my favorite thing is that I got to have Fred Willard say weird spells uh, that I wrote. So I got to hear Fred Willard say he cast goat throw and goats go flying through the air. Oh my God. So if that sounds fun, yeah, check awesome. out Digtoe. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. And, and you know, it's funny, I'd, I'd seen the billboards, I'd seen the pictures, I'd never really seen the animation in action. And it's got a great, like, it almost looks like a phone mobile game to me. Like, yeah. Essentially, you know, it just pulled me into me. So, yeah. You know, congratulations to you. That is that is a great thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a, this bizarre thing they made up to do motion capture. So, like, the faces kind of wiggle on right. purpose in an uncanny valley type way. And it just <laughs> oh. makes you unsettled and amused at the same time, yeah. which is a place I like to be in. It, it stands out. It looks different. And yeah. If you're scrolling through this content-heavy world, that's, yeah. that's a key it, thing. It's different. <laughs> uh, and then for Star Wars Adventures, I, pl- I played Dooku a bunch on... Ah, I've too. Asking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for far too long, because uh, he's early right now. You know, he hasn't been out that long. It was like last right. week, so you have to. It's this mini game of you have to scroll fast to get to Dooku to be able to play him. Right. But he's very fun. He does a little uh, lightning zap, just like a little kind of curt, polite one that just <laughs> zip, it hits you, and you Bow. you just fall like a foot. But it's great if you come up behind somebody who's on a ledge and you're just like zip, and they just fall <laughs> over the ledge. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so how many? He's he's credit based. How high is? Yeah, that, I think he's, I can't remember. He's like thirty five thousand or something. Okay. I Whoa. I have hoarded credits. I have. You've been prepared a right? lot. Yeah, so I can just buy 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 them right away when they come out. I have not. I, I keep getting killed by Obi Wan, but uh, that, <laughs> that 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 upload. I, I got sat down to play on that Thursday, and it was still uploading that game. Oh yeah, that so, upload. I just I turned it on and then I went and took a shower and then yeah. I, <laughs> maybe later life, yeah. I can do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if I had any I had some any Star Wars adventures in New York, but uh, not so much. Other than I passed that Lego store and I got man, I tell you, every time I look at that Bespin or that Darth Vader's castle, oh wow. man, what are going to play? I haven't right. even looked at the Bespin yet. I'm afraid. I know. Afraid. You will be. <laughs> you will be. Uh, today we're this. This is Jen Landa's uh, dream show, uh, uh, other than than maybe seeing Ewoks. Uh, We're going to dive in shortly to a tribute to Jabba the Hutt. A tribute to a vile gangster? Absolutely. We're going to talk all about Jabba the Hutt. I think one of the most memorable characters in Star Wars, and he deserves this spotlight. We're going to get to that in some news. But first, we always like to remind you, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone and Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I wish I had done this before a long flight that I couldn't sleep on. Oh, yeah. Would have been good. Would have been good. Mm. 
So more uh, on that later. We always like to do our Force Center recommends. We'll give you an audiobook we think you should try out. So with that done and my smoker's cough voice uh, in action, Jen, we're going to dive into Star Wars news. Yeah, so let's see. Starting in April, readers will be able to journey to the Black Spire outpost on Batuu thanks to a new Galaxy's Edge-inspired comic series. The five-issue miniseries will center around one of the new characters from the park, Doc Onder, who is the Ethorian collector of rare antiquities, will find out what happens when the First Order reaches the edge of wild space and how the key to saving this outpost might involve a job pulled by Han Solo and Chewbacca long ago. The series is written by Ethan Sachs, who recently wrote Star Wars Age of Republic, and the series will be illustrated by Will Sliney, who is the artist behind the Beckett comic, that one shot, and the comic adaptation of Solo, A Star Wars Story. So I'm guessing that Han Solo and Chewie <laughs> are going to make an appearance. Uh, yeah, so I thought that this was interesting we've been talking about what, how are we going to learn more about galaxy's edge well i guess they're starting with the comics yeah maybe we'll get a book it's kind mm-hmm. of been sprinkled in throughout here and there yeah that uh, one of the, the pirates price i think right. it had uh, some batu content as well so they are really ramping up uh the thing that grabbed me the most about this is that uh, the first order reaching wild space oh, again right. that seems like some solid canon with developing this because in resistance it seems like People are aware of the right. first order. They know they know their deal. Right. But I'm really excited if this is going to cover like like we've talked about before that first moment. We're like, hello, uh, we're kind of <laughs> the empire, but not really. Anyway, nah. just so you know, we're here. Yep. Deal with it. Right. Under new management. Yeah, under new a new and improved, yeah. kinder, softer <laughs> empire. Yeah, mm. I, I like this idea because it, it could be very easy to be cynical about it. You know, uh, Disney's got the Star Wars land and they're infusing it into stories and books, but. I think that's part of the fun of having this immersive experience because we talked about this uh, Lori before uh, Thorian before. Excuse me, I always throw an L in there. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, if he's going to walk around the park with a, a fully functional hammerhead costume, like, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be real <laughs> impressive. Um, but I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm on board for it. Whatever it was like, even in the Thrawn novels, it's like okay. You know, it's a it's a gift shop walk around guide, but that's kind of fun. Like, <laughs> it's going to mean even that much more when you finally get into uh, Batu at Disney. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about Han Solo and Chewbacca being involved with this? Is it just because it's like, oh, these are characters that people know, and so it kind of will, will pull you in, or is it maybe related to the, something in the park? Or yeah, I wonder if it is kind of mm. grounding them in legend. So if something about mm. the way that Black Spire exists in the time of when we'll be visiting in the Resistance era, that something about it is like remember when those legends Han Solo and Chewie came, mm. really building up on that sequel idea of like they're not just heroes to us in the real world; they're heroes in the galaxy. They're known. I see. I like that. I like that. I like that idea a lot, and and the fact that maybe if you see them around the park and it's kind of the younger Han and Chewie. You oh know? yeah, that would be oh, weird. Yeah. yeah, not that I wouldn't. Uh, I would love if they cast an, an older uh, Disney cast member to walk oh around as old Han. But uh, I wonder if they're just like yeah. making it so you can go and buy like a solo burger, and it's because in universe <laughs> they named it after young Han Solo or something uh, weird like that. I, I would even kind of be awesome. more on board. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Good. Well, Star Wars Celebration Chicago is inching closer and closer, and more celebrity guests have been announced to get us hyped for the convention. The newest Chewbacca on the block, oh boy, I can't, Jonas Swadamo? Swadamo. Yeah, will be making his debut at Celebration, along with Star Wars veteran Sam Witwer, who will also, bo- they'll both be together at the Tops, no, I don't know about together at the same time, <laughs> they'll both be at the Tops autograph area. 
other guests include Snap Wexley, a.k.a. Greg Grumberg. <clears throat> Excuse yeah. me. Puppeteer Dave Chapman, who brought BB-8 Rio uh, from Solo and Lady Proxima to life. Comedian Greg Proops. Proops, yeah. Yeah. Foods and bead. Yeah. Yeah. Whose line it is anyways. Uh, who recently worked on Star Wars Resistance. Paul Casey, who played Admiral Raddus in Rogue hey. One. Ian McKellany. McKellany, who played uh, General Dodonna in Rogue One. Orly Shoshan, who play, portrayed Shock T in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Oh my gosh, what a lineup. I'm having a difficult time even saying their names. <laughs> of the yeah. bunch, who are you most excited to meet, potentially? Uh, for me, it, it would be Ian McElhaney. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. McElhaney. He's a noble yeah. knight on Game of Thrones as well, right? Barristan yeah. Selmy, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I think Dodonna was underused in Rogue One. <laughs> so you've told us is the only line he gets. <laughs> he looks very noble. I'm, I'm just excited by what a wide variety it is. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the actor's name memorized, but Shakti, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, right. I'm like, yeah, yeah Shakti's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously Paul Casey being Radis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, we know Stephen Stanton did the voice, but I'd still like to hear Paul Casey talk yeah. about probing those shields. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, Paul Casey, I mean, he he brought that, uh, the, that that what I call the raddest, like, head swivel. Like, he's got some, yeah. he's got some swivel to it. He's the one who slapped that fin yeah. down and said, no more. Well, he didn't say it, no more. But it was his body language. He's yeah. Like, no more. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I just think, like, okay, again, this is only the second batch that they've announced. How many more special guests are going to be there? I mean, I, I guess it's, like, what, five, six days? So there's going to be more. Yeah. Who else? Yeah. I don't I mean, know. Rick McCallum to well, celebrate I would <laughs> the Phantom Menace. Just chewing gum uh, with his hair just all crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to assume <laughs> like cool, man. old favorites, you know, like Mark Hamill potentially, or, or mm. maybe even, well, I don't know about Peter Mayhew. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that people like that mm-hmm. might show up. But who oh, knows? Yeah. I mean, five days. And I had got the time wrong. It's it's Thursday through Monday. And I kept I think I kept saying Wednesday on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, here right, right. Uh, huge mistake on my part. Thursday and then goes to Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> goes to just zombies wandering oh Chicago on Monday morning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, buckle up, baby, because Solo is going to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Solo, a Star Wars story, was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects and a Motion Picture. Listed on the nomination are Rob Bredow, Patrick Tubak, Neil Scanlon, and Dominic Tui. The other nominees in the category include Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, and Ready Player One. This is the only Oscar nomination for Solo, a Star Wars story, so let's hope they win. What are the chances that they're going to win with that group? Yeah, I think the odds are low. Really? Who yeah. do you think? Who do you think will win? Uh, well, I think First Man. A lot of people seemed to like, and First Man is a oh. is kind of Oscar fodder, but it didn't get any of the big marquee stuff. It's all like sound editing, visual effects. So I wonder if people will vote for that just as a vote for mm-hmm. the director and for Ryan Gosling. Ready Player One. I can also see a Spielberg factor mm. of oh, yeah. you know right. if, if the way that things get spread around of like we want. Some, somebody to win something. Right. And Solo's amazing, but uh, I think for for Academy voters, it's it's more visual effects-wise, It's they did it again. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. They're, they've gotten used to it. Yeah, even yeah. though it's amazing, and I'm sure they did a bunch of innovative things that mm. maybe people won't appreciate that. That's yeah. true. A good, good analysis on that category. We got you know, the Avengers Endgame, I think it's kind of that kind of their year in some regards, too. It's a bigger one, and I, I, I think it's... I think I, what you're kind of saying, it's not like it's a consolation nomination. It's what it's, it's well-deserved. Yeah. It is just kind of, 
You look around, yep, it looks great, looks good. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Spielberg around. That's yeah. a good point. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah. It should mm. be up for best script, at yeah. least, in my opinion. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ready Player One? No, Solo. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you really threw me there for a moment. I would also be happy if Christopher Robin won, because I love that weird movie. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, and part of me is like wanting it, just because it's, it is kind of weird. I haven't even seen it. All I've seen are the trailers, but I'm just. Like of these like kind of blockbusters, Christopher Robin, (laughs) best visual effects. Oh, Academy Awards. Well, just how secretive is a set of episode nine? Richard Grant, actor Richard Grant, spilled all the secrets on This Morning, which is a British talk show. He said that he's not allowed to tell his wife or daughter the name of the character he's playing. Hmm? Uh, he also said he that they have visible security on set who wear plain clothes. Uh, they ha- the actors have to wear a cloak when going from their trailers to the inside of the studio because fans have been using drones overhead to try and get sneak peeks of costumes. Actors have to read the scripts or their scripts in a big conference room that has guards outside and closed circuit cameras. And if that wasn't enough, they get the pages that they're doing on the day and they have to sign in and out for them at the end of the day. So they, I'm just like, how do they prepare? I guess my biggest question is, uh, you know, Richard Grant is probably a smaller character. Mm -hmm. Do you think that Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley, these same rules apply? I wonder if they have, I I don't know, I'm just spitballing, but I wonder if they have like more of like a rehearsal room that they're spending a lot of time in. So it feels like they're really spending quality time with it because i understand if it's like a short like a captain kennedy like you know that's great but you only have five or six lines actually to make an impression and like okay you can memorize that in the morning and shoot it in the afternoon yeah exactly yeah but i mean those meaty scenes that we're expecting between kylo ren and ray i just i'm like it's like a cold (laughs) read to me you know when i go in for commercial auditions (laughs) all right great Give me yeah, a line. I mean, the, the prep that, that actors put into that stuff, you know, begins so far before they even hit the rehearsal stage. So it, it's a little weird. To, I get it. I totally get it. And, you know, you don't want to have like a Marlon Brando lines taped to the, act, the other actor's back situation. Yeah. Where, you know, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, I would imagine there's some special circumstances for some of the bigger actors. Indeed, that's a great point, Joseph, that, you know, yeah, a candidate's going to get here six lines, have fun with it. But. It's. Yeah, I guess it, it's obviously needed. Uh, I, I think you know, look, watching what Game of Thrones did with uh, the upcoming season eight, where they filmed allegedly dummy scenes <gasps> and stuff like that to kind of oh my to throw people off throw the people scent. Off. Yeah. yeah, and so far, I think it, whatever they've done this final season seems to be working. Because I'm not, yeah. even though I do try to avoid Game of Thrones spoilers, going into season seven, there were some big ones that mm. were taken from sets. Uh, we've seen some stuff with Mandalorian and everything, and and yeah, it's it's a big game, it's a big business, so Jeez. it's fascinating. Yeah, to me. yeah. I, I would say if people aren't following uh, Richard Grant on Twitter, <laughs> man, I, he is just so enthusiastic. It's so great. Yeah. He's so positive. He and, like is. he seemed even happy when he was talking about this. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah like, like, and then I have to put a cloak on. <laughs> <laughs> it was all just so novel to him, you know. Yeah, because yeah. he's yeah. I think used to doing, you know. Smaller indie project a lot in his career. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, there were not drones flying over how to get ahead in advertising, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's an interesting point. I do think that we have not really gotten many leaks from episode nine, any leaks that I can think of. Uh, No. I'm going to say knock on wood. Yeah, and I'm telling you, uh, the more and more I I, I think about it and and hear about it, like 
if you think you have a lead on what's going on, you probably might, you might not be hearing the actual information. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, hearing what they're because Hamill's talk about the same kind of stuff, and then just knowing what kind of went in Game of Thrones. Season eight filming. I mean, it seems like they're very weird. And Abrams on Force Awakens, the loose lips sink starships. Uh, <laughs> they're very aware of it, and uh, it's and they, and unfortunately they have to be. I guess. Yeah. yeah. This isn't Blue Harvest. Yeah. You can just throw some. Oh, like, it's not Star Wars. It says it's Blue Harvest. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never figure that out. Oh man. Well, that's the news for this week. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Who uh, knows right. what will happen yeah. next time? Yeah. A title? Nah. Well, I mean, I, there were some thoughts that last week the title was going to come. There's some little percolating rumors. Mm, mm. And it was great. It was, it, uh, you know, I, I, I think we're all kind of in agreement. We, we are, want the title here at Force Center, but, but we're not, you know, waking up every day hoping this is the day, but it'd be fun and exciting. Um, just looking at the clues of different social media people and Lucas, oh, yeah. some people were starting to like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, and, and wah, wah, it didn't. <laughs> I yeah. didn't say it. February 5th, I think there's an Iger call, by the way. Ooh, is there? Uh, yeah, February I'll have 5th. to check my okay. notes. I actually like, I'm like, okay, I need to put this in my calendar <laughs> to prepare for breaking news. We need to, we need to get a Force Center website tracking Iger. Yeah. <laughs> Just move. Just move. Uh, well, thank you, Jen, for the news. Uh, we We'll dive into Java shortly, but first we want to do our Force Center Recommends. This is an audio book that we think you should try on us. And Joseph, I love this choice today, even though I have yet to try it. That is why I'm recommending it. I'm recommending it to myself. It's the next book I read because I physically own it, but you should join me in experiencing it uh, on audio. It is Battlefront Twilight by Alexander Freed. Uh, We uh, all love the Rogue One novelization here, and he's got the whole Alphabet Squadron trilogy coming up. So I think now is a time to catch up on this one that the people who have read it have sent us lots of nice messages saying it's great. So go Mm. listen to it and read it with us. It was certainly overlooked, so try it out here for the first time on us. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for your free audio book. And now, oh, 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 it is time for the Force Center tribute to Jabba the Hutt. That is right. It is a look back at a vile gangster through the years. Uh, so I just want to start at the beginning. Jennifer, this is one of your favorite Star Wars characters, mm-hmm. right? Yes, he is. So what are your first memories? Now, I realize it might have been that sort of like I don't, you don't remember a world without Jabba kind of thing, but to the best of your ability, what are like your first memories or feelings or reactions to Jabba? Intrigued. I was really, um, what I loved about him was that he, he had a sense of humor. Um, and I thought that even though he was (laughs) kind of scary, there, you know, his palace was the place to be. It looked like it'd be a lot of fun if you just didn't get stuck in that trap door. Uh, (laughs) and I just loved his relationship with salacious Bikram. There was a kind of a tenderness between the two of them. Like that, the idea that he would even have a pet, like is just kind of, it's an insight to this character. Um, and just that he's, he's a giant slug. (laughs) <laughs> He's a giant slug and people fear him. Yeah. I, I just thought that that was fascinating as a kid and still do. Did you think that yeah. <clears throat> uh, that he shouldn't be feared because he's a slug? Or did you think like he had to overcome people making fun of him for being a slug to get to that <laughs> level of terror? <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's particularly mobile. So right. he really has to like... I, there's a, he has a presence, right? You know uh, about the fear him. of his aura. Yeah, his aura. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nice, Ken. What are your uh, first memories of Jabba? Uh, obviously, Return of the Jedi. And this next point, there is no life without Jabba. Kind of in my world. <laughs> 
Uh, but I was terrified of the whole sequence. <laughs> I, as I've been on record say before, the red car monster scared me tremendously as oh. a child. Yeah. Um, but in that kind of like mesmerized but scared way. So job on that whole sequence, uh, it stuck out and it was impressive. And and Jabba when he eats the frog, I was very set for the frog. Like a lot of things <laughs> going through my young brain. Jabba, <laughs> Jabba got to me, man. Jabba got to me. And it's a, and it's fantastic. Cantina times 100, as I'm sure what George wanted to do there. In the oh, yeah. Palace. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an interesting world. Yeah, I think for me, the, the this is that uh, weird thing where that little bit of time in our age makes mm-hmm. a difference where I had time to wonder about Jabba. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I had seen Empire and had plenty of time to think about what's it going to be with Jabba. And then I, I'm pretty sure I probably saw him in a picture book. Mm. that my brother got through school. And I've told this yeah. before. My brother got it, and he called me, and was like, Luke Skywalker is a Jedi, and Han Solo <laughs> is still frozen, and Jabba the Hutt is... And just, like, like just sort of barked out the, you know, yeah. first half of the Aww. film because he had just flipped through the picture book so fast. Um, and then, I yeah, just seeing him and just, like, oh, I think the eyes in particular, mm-hmm. like, just that they felt so real mm-hmm. and that he was so scary because there's these big glassy sort of eyes that you didn't know what he was thinking but they looked so alive right and that really like terrified and excited yeah me. no i mean it's it's a testament to the to what it looks like and i know we're gonna talk a little bit puppeteers at the flitter but like yeah it, in the cg age and i have no problem with that you can make i mean you know, tarkin looks good on my tv screen in rogue one right now but yeah there's something about jabba yeah, you felt him. Yeah, yeah. I think it was might be also in performance, just that he so took his time. Like I don't even think a modern movie would let Jabba slowly speak in Hatties mm-hmm. for as long as he does. Right, right. Like each line takes some time. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I yeah. think contributes to what you're talking about of that. Like nobody interrupts Jabba. No. If he wants to take 15 minutes to say fearless and inventive, yeah. <laughs> that, that's his prerogative here yeah. in his right. palace. Right. Yeah. Uh, so as we're older and we've watched Return of the Jedi 8,000 times, do you have a favorite moment or line that is like quintessentially, that's Jabba? Oh, my gosh. There's too is many. Is it just all of it? All of it. <sighs> Jennifer, for you, yeah. what, what are some of your favorites? I mean, some of my favorites, I'll never, I'll, I always use it. What? It's just classic. And that just like, that's like such a, a reaction that uh-huh. I would have. Or my, that my, so my mom, she does... <laughs> My mom does that. And I don't know, like people in my family do that and it cracks. I told my sister and so now it's like this inside joke. They have no idea why we're laughing at them. <laughs> like you guys are like Jabba. Um, but one of my favorites is when when Bib Fortuna walks up to him to let let him know that Luke is there. And he is like asleep. He's taking a nap. Yeah. He's like suddenly like startled away. <laughs> <laughs> it's just and there's just so many hilarious moments like that. I it, it just cracks me up. That's why I could never really be scared of him because right. I would see like myself or my family in his mannerisms. That's so cool because he is he is terrifying. He's doing lots yeah. of truly awful things yeah. uh, and yet he is like fun what i'm saying is i'm, yeah. I'm a member of the hut family <laughs> it's clear <laughs> i get him uh, how about for you ken any uh, sudden java noises uh, that uh, appeal the, to you the big one moment yeah. always stands up i love a lot of him i experienced a lot of java translated through 3po and i just mm. always like the you know he hopes he, you will die honorably this whole kind of like thing with him but i tell you one of the moments i loved as a kid 
is him whacking three PO off to the side of uh, just knocking him off. Yeah. And, and as a kid, and it's how you view movies, I thought it was the the epitome of comedy. Yeah. You know, and I felt sorry for three PO, and I was kind of like, ah, he's covered in slime. Like I just. Yeah. It sticks with me. I always marveled at like, wow, Jabba's elbow had that much green slime on it. Like, there's just like translucent green slime oh, all yeah. over. Is, is that is some like conditioner for his elbow or what? Oh, is there that much green slime on it, 3PO? It's a testament to that there should always be a level of, of funny and joy in Star Wars to me. It, 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 yes. It's in the DNA of it. Now, yeah. It's just, it's a, you know, serious vile gangster like you said doing horrible things and yeah. you got some comedy in it too yeah that's I mean, I, for me I think the the classic is the laugh which is also oh, like yeah. comically laugh. small I mean slow I mean it's great it's like, ho, 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 ho. but like my friends and I have you know joked for years back in the day about like that would be a terrible laugh to actually get when you're performing comedy because <laughs> yeah. it's like so slow and doesn't entirely sound sincere. It's much yeah. more of a mocking. Yeah. Sound. Uh, and my other little favorite job at, uh, noise is when he almost kind of talking to himself when he's got Luke out on the skiff and Luke's kind of challenging him. He's like, "Whoa, Jedi!" That's <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those moments that has only gotten better as we see Jabba interact with all these Jedi. He's like, ah, "I thought these assholes were gone, God. and then this right. kid comes back. Like, I know Jedi. You're no Jedi, right? <laughs> Jedi." Jedi. <laughs> um, so a, a big part of Jabba's story, like so many characters we love in Star Wars, is that they die in their first appearance. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel, how did you feel back in the day about Jabba's death, and how do you feel about it now? Like, Jennifer, you loved him. Yeah. You thought he was yeah. like a yeah. funny family member, and then your <laughs> other favorite character choked him to death brutally. Yeah. But you know what? It, by that point, I was like, well, this is not going to end well for the, the people I really care about with the rebels, you know, Luke, Leia, Han. So I was like, well, he's, he's got to go. And what a way to go with Leia <laughs> just choking. That to me was really inspiring as a kid. Yeah. I mean, because she, in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, and she's wearing a bikini. Like mm. that's like, you feel very vulnerable when you're wearing a bikini. And she's, and you know, Carrie Fisher herself is like smaller in stature. Mm. I think she was only like 5'2 or 5'1. Yeah. And so it that was like, Oh wow, that was my fist pump me moment as like a little girl. I'm like, yeah, I could, I could do that. Maybe <laughs> no, <laughs> you could be a hut slayer. Yeah, yeah, I could be a hut slayer. And I love that that uh, Carrie was the one that coined that term, right? The hut hut slayer, or was it somebody else that coined? No, no, no. It was um, it's in the Claudia Gray, Claudia Gray book. book. Yeah. Claudia Gray book. Yes, right. I love that 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 is a new term. Yeah. for it, it just it gives it. That that's one of her monikers, yeah. Yeah, is Princess really, General Hut Slayer. Yeah, it's an honor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you yeah. feel about it then or now, Ken? Uh, I I loved it then, but didn't you know? Now I think we have a little more uh, you know oomph behind it too, and, and what it means and signifies. Uh, uh, but but then I, I yeah, it. I mean, I, I just grow loving Leia, and, and it was such a fun moment, and I, and it's a dramatic tongue squirming moment. It's a pretty, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always say Star Wars deaths are pretty violent. You're, oh, hacked, yeah. you're hacked, you're cut, you're blasted, you're exploded, and you're choked to your tongue comes out. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, you're, pretty, you're, for a puppet, that is such an, that's a better yeah. death scene than most human actors. It really is. <laughs> and I love the final, oh, slump over. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. So, yeah, to have that performance where the life goes out of a puppet is yeah. just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I always liked it. And I, I think even when I was a kid, I was like, wait, well, 
they're all, everything's falling apart for Jabba. She could just leave. She could mm. just escape. Right. So I appreciate it as a kid, and now especially as Star Wars canon grows, that that picture of uh, the Jedi kind of didn't do anything about the mm-hmm. Huts, the crime organization, and she could have just run away. She mm-hmm. had a clear shot, but that she took it on herself like, this guy's got to go. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm going to make a decision even the Jedi or the Republic wouldn't. I could escape, but he's no. He's I gotta end him. It's it's great. He's gotta, he's gotta go. Great analysis, because yeah, you know, Jabba's not getting off chaser very no. fast. You know? <laughs> uh, and, you know, that's a comic chase. And, yeah, and to choke her, her oppressor with his own chain is just such yeah. a great political Star Wars moment. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting. Oh, those Jedi. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you talked about him being a worm creature and how much it meant to you, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. How big of an impact do you think it is on just all of Star Wars that George Lucas did? change course in instead of having him be kind of just a dumpy guy human guy that he was a uh, large right. strange worm thing i love i love that that is that is to me what got me into star wars is that the the big villain of jedi was this giant slug and that to me is just such a fantastical world it makes it because i've never been a big horror fan i'm not a big person that's into like scary movies and so it's just right there's just the right amount of scary for me oh nice and if it was a human I love I love actors. I think about you know Paul Bettany was a fantastic villain in Solo, but as a child it might have almost been too scary for me. When it's someone human, it makes it too real to my world. Yeah, and I get lost in that. Whereas like I'm able to see the bigger picture and look at it a little bit more objectively. If it's like you know this is a pretend world, and what morals and lessons can I pull from that? As opposed to being like, oh my gosh, that that man is very scary. I would never want to meet him in a dark alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it feels like Dryden Voss. You could bump into a, a alley in the real world, and he would cut you with his. Kyozo Patars. Yeah. Well, and the, the Jabba is a little removed from reality. The thing about the a Dryden Voss type character is that I, I can see people that I have known in my life who are like that. Yeah. And then that get that gets really muddy. So it's it's just more like fantasy fairy tale world, like a, a Grimm's fairy tale when you have a giant slug, when you have the friends that are you know that are assisting them are these furry little bears. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. a great great point. Makes it easier yeah. for kids to digest it. Can what do you think is the the legacy of Jabba being a slug? I think it's a it's a kind of a standard bear for what you can do with those kind of characters. This is where I, I think Lady Proxima for me fell a little short because great design, great look, and then and the voice has never been my favorite choice. But I get it. But you know, I think Jabba takes his time, speaks his own language, just this big presence that's out of this world and it really worked. It yeah. bought into it with everything about it, what you were talking about with the eyes and, and the presence and, and it creates questions. And there was such a buildup, you know, and, and you know, Han my bookie was, uh, yeah. was a, we'd always heard or seen that deleted scene and when it finally showed up in special editions, it's a novelty, but but I think it would have lessened the impact of Return yeah. of the Jedi. So I love everything about they did with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I like what you're saying uh, a lot, Jennifer. To me, I think a, a part of the power of him being this abstraction of reality is that you, he does start to represent gluttony mm, in almost right. like, you know, George yes. Lucas wanting to be have Star Wars be didactic and be a lesson for 12-year-olds of like, this is what crime is like. Mm-hmm. It looks fun, but really you're this sort of, you know, big, lazy, awful thing 
commanding people to come to you mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it's, you know, taking that idea of the Godfather right. and making it super space fantasy, which is so cool. And then I think the fact that Jabba was not only a slug, but everything around him is weird. Mm-hmm. That whole thing is so weird of like, oh yeah, I have, he's Hans frozen and he's a decoration. Mm-hmm. And then not only am I going to kill you, I'm going to take you to a weird tentacle mouth yeah. in the desert. Everything about it. That's so weird. Is that, that's the kind of thing that I want more of in, in modern Star Wars where I don't need things to make real life sense. No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Man, everything about that sequence is so memorable. And it, it is like I've heard, we've heard said before, it's kind of like its own little movie. Yeah, it is. It is. Sometimes. It can be. <laughs> it can in my be. It can yeah. still be the Godfather story. Uh, we talked about this a little bit, but I want to uh, dive into it a little bit. Uh, I know for you, Jennifer, that this whole sequence is very powerful, mm-hmm. its own little movie. How much of our love of Jabba is that he has this whole menagerie of characters of Salacious Crumb and Bib Fortuna and the Rancor and the band? And they're all sort of exist as little satellites around this mask that is Jabba the Hutt. I, that, that to me is like what I, I love most about it is like you're getting immersed into his world and then it's like you're starting to learn more about who he is, what he appreciates. He appreciates art. He appreciates music. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, I can get behind that. He and likes so, to party. Yeah, he yeah. likes to party. And I always loved like the, the Max Rebo band and obviously Size Noodles. Um, and like I said, Salacious Crumb being his pet. Bib Fortuna, of course he has a henchman. Yeah. You know, and of course the henchman is kind of annoying. Like it just, it all fit together so perfectly. The Rancor did terrify me as a yeah. child. Yeah. It it does kind of terrify my daughter, even in like drawing form. She's oh, like, really? oh yeah, she's yeah. like the monster. Cause it's in one of those golden books. Okay. So I have to explain. I'm like, the monster just wants to play. <laughs> 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 the monster's mad cause nobody wants to play with her. I think it's a her, right? Um, so yeah, anyways. <laughs> How about you, Ken? The uh, I think uh, I just have this image of Chen lying to her daughter. <laughs> I know. Uh, what am I supposed to do? Um, no. Fast forward through that scene of Return of the Jedi, uh, I guess. <laughs> it scared me too, man. It scared me. But um, I, I think you, you kind of said it there, Joseph. J- Jabba is the center of that little galaxy. And I think all this only works because Jabba's there. Everything's focused back towards him. But I love, this is why you have tales from Jabba's palace. And this is why the, from a certain point of view, novel uh, or collection of stories spent so much time in yeah. that world. There's so many fun things there. The, the crumb, uh, the Sally B crumb world, uh. Big Fortuna, uh, Max Reba. Yeah. You met EV 99. I love going down there. It's yeah. such a weird little, world they're torturing droids they're torturing droids and and then i'm i get fascinated with the human characters that are just in the oh, background right. there you yeah, know? yeah like what are they doing yeah, yeah. like yeah, it, it all feels so real i think because of all those characters yeah mm-hmm. of because it does feel like a pastiche of like godfather and gangster movies and yeah. you know even going back to more classic movies where they would have the sniveling hench person right and the sort of court jester figure that is salacious crumb it's pulled from so many different places but it makes so much sense as this just huge crime boss and then you do wonder mm-hmm. with those people in the background of like all right well boba fett's probably hanging around looking for another job or kind of just yeah a little r&r but there are people who are not as successful as boba fett I'm like right. what are you getting out of this is this just a free place to sleep are mm. you are you, you almost get that social feeling of like if Reese made a really good joke that would you know raise him and job his esteem <laughs> and he'd get a gig out of that? It's very medieval too. It seems like Camelot and you go there. Yeah, and yes. so I love the story and I think it's more on the legend sides. But with Ula, 
and like, let's go there to try to make our live the palace life. And, and, and yeah. it turns out that's a lie. Part mm-hmm. of what you say, you know, George is teaching there. Um, it's, it, so it is the whole thing, but I only think it works to this level with, with Jabba at the center. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. I would also say too, that I think what really works particularly well, one of the issues I had with the special editions is that the way that it's originally shot, it looks so real with the lighting and the shadows that you do have these weird people and masks and makeup and, and whatnot, but it seems like a, like a crazy dive bar that, that we've stumbled upon. Right. You know? And so it's like. That to me, and so what happens with the special editions is I felt like there was a slickness applied to it that I feel makes it less real for me. Okay, that that that's my only thing with the with the special editions, specifically just with that the musical section, the Jedi rocks, yeah, yeah the Jedi rocks. But like I just I think about the lighting of that palace, and I'm like, oh, they did such a good job with the lighting. Yeah, it just makes you wonder what exactly is going on in the the farthest corners, mm. right? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, you there's can't so many quite see what's going on back there. Yeah, yeah, it's scary. Scary stuff is going down. Yeah, it looks so good. What you made me think is why I love. Solo and Rogue One, the way they look, even a little more than seven and eight, yes. because seven and eight have a sheen to it that it's totally fine. And Last Jedi, I think, is a beautiful movie. Stevie Edlin did a great job, but it's like that Ford Ipso on on Vandor, yep. and I love how Bradford Young shot it. And I know he, there's, there's a lot of criticism sometimes is tossed again, depending on maybe which theater you saw it in, which mm-hmm. is unfortunate. But it goes back to yeah, Jobs. I think that's mm-hmm. a look they try to. It felt so so real and intimidating when, when they're walking down the hallway and there's little arms and tentacles coming out. Of it. <laughs> right. Not just as a kid, but even now I really appreciate that world. Yeah. yeah. Solo guy. I love that Fort Ipso scene. The, the lodge. Yeah. I think it owes a lot to Jabba's palace. It does. Of, you know, what all is going on in the shadows mm-hmm. does. And who's yeah. here and what are they hoping to get out of it? And all sorts of stuff. <laughs> uh, let's talk about other Jabba appearances through the years. Uh, so how are we feeling these days about his scene in a new hope? We, we can't <laughs> ignore it in an episode. Episode about Jabba. Just had you doing like a show your Jabba through the years. <laughs> um, but ha- yeah. ha- are you coming to terms, Ken, with Jabba's uh, appearance in the special editions and then in the even specialer editions? Yeah. Uh, Jedi Rocks remains the most troubling Star Wars counseling <laughs> need for me. There's just a lot of things going on there. Yeah. I didn't like. Um, uh, the first new hope scene, I still love that we finally got to see it because yeah. it was one of those first things you learn as a kid. Well, there's a shot of this big Scottish guy talking to Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Um, I, I still like that it's there. It, it, it will never be nothing. It'll never be anything other than like a little novelty scene for me. And, yeah. and I think technology has changed where even if they redid it now, it would probably look better. But in the mid nineties, you had to have Han comically walk over Jabba. I think you probably wouldn't have to do that now. So yeah, probably uh, they could figure out a way. Um, I don't know how. Yeah. But, uh, uh, they could figure out a way. Maybe, maybe not. But so I, I, I I'm okay with the scene. Okay, as a novelty. It doesn't uh, need to be there for me. Jennifer, I know this is one of your most tortured uh, moments yeah, yeah. In, in Star Wars, right? I don't like it. I really don't like it because it doesn't add anything to the story. It really doesn't. I and mean, we already get all this information from Greedo. So it's mm. just like, I don't, it, to me, it's a better buildup and reveal for him in Return of the Jedi if we just only hear about him. Yeah. Then when we finally see his palace in all of its glory, that's much more fulfilling. 
I don't like the way that he looks. And even though they improved it over the years, it just still, to me, does not feel real. It feels too slick. It feels too too CGI. The only thing I like about that scene is Han Mabuki. That's the only (laughs) thing. That's it. it, Absolutely. Especially because I just keep going to that Scottish guy, Han, my boy. And he said it's like, right. Uh, <laughs> you don't it. like it and you have it memorized. I do have it memorized because I that's studied the extent Hadith. Of your, you studied Hadith. <laughs> well, what? no, 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 not really. It just, mm. I learned some phrases and, you know. <laughs> that's studying. Well, <laughs> I tried. I was like, how can I f- incorporate these lines into my real life and really frighten people? <laughs> do you know how to say hello? My name is Jennifer Landa and no, Hadith? No, okay. no, 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 no. You should. <laughs> uh, now, I, I agree with you that there's a, the repetition uh, of information and I, I, it's not my favorite scene, but I do think that you you could have the fun perspectives of Jabba's building anger in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's got this relationship with Han where he really likes him and it's truly yeah. breaking Jabba's heart. Mm. Oh, right. Sure. You know, okay, and if you go back right. to Solo, it's like, okay, well, they've been, if, if they do get there, Han and Chewie right away, that Han's been working with Jabba for 10 years and Jabba mm-hmm. really likes him for some reason. Right. Uh, and then it also that scene makes Greedo just an idiot because clearly job is like, I'm going to put, I think I'm thinking about putting a bounty on your head. And Greedo's like, I got it. I'm on it. And he goes and gets himself killed. And then the next scene job is like, ah, I'm still thinking about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so a scene that makes Greedo a dumbass. Uh, let's move on to Phantom Menace. Uh, how did you feel, uh, Jennifer, seeing him in the Phantom Menace? Were you happy with that appearance? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was all right. Oh, it was a fun little moment for me. I, I love. I, I didn't. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I saw like I was like, okay, yeah. I was just like, oh, that's fun. Mm. Mm. It just you know, nothing will compare to me to Jedi. Or if they give him his own movie, or if they give him his own, you know, uh, arc in a future movie. Yeah, that will give me the satisfaction I'm looking for. Right, because Return of the Jedi, he's really a character, and in Phantom Menace, he's. Uh, he's it's like a he, cameo. He's, he's a cameo, yeah. and he just kind of has a couple little almost comedy moments because you're not, mm-hmm. it's implied that people are afraid of him. You right. know, Qui Gon even uses him as I could go to the hut. So, like, his power is referenced, but what we see of him is he bites the head off the thing and spits it at the gong. Right. And then he falls asleep at the race. Right. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. Ken, uh, what, what, what do you think? I, I think where I stand now is similar to what you guys describe, and it's a funny little cameo scene, and I, you know, uh, what's the, the other hut behind him there? Um, the Gardula, yeah. Gardula, yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, I, I like it all, but I, I can never, never forget that when that trailer came out, me and my friends standing in our apartment in Granada Hills <laughs> watching it over over in VHS were like, and Jabba's there! Yeah! <laughs> so, that's the power of Jabba. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and it makes sense in the story in the universe. It makes sense that he'd be there. Yeah, that yeah. he'd be lording over that. Yeah. Why did he fall asleep? Was this seemed like a pretty exciting race? Jennifer is the the Jabba whisperer among us. Yeah. yeah. What, was did he just have a rough night? Why is he falling asleep at this exciting race where he's making a ton of money? You know, I think that he just. I mean, think about if you think a Jedi, he's, he's asleep there. <laughs> so I just think he's just he That's just gets true. tired. Um, you know, my dad he loves movies loves him and every time we would go to the movies when i was growing up he would fall asleep yeah back to the future like wow. yeah and it was like the most exciting part 
fell asleep. And yeah. it's not like out of disrespect, he, I guess. It's just like he got so relaxed, he could finally just, you know, chill out. And yeah. I think Jabba's in the same way. He's like, all right, I did my job. I initiated the thing. I'm just going to take a little snooze. Just sitting here baking in the sun. Yeah. Getting a tan. Oh, my, I might fall asleep. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I love, I didn't ever, never really connect to that, Jen. I love that now we always sometimes give George uh, some crap for not paying attention to his own ca- can and all kind of stuff over the years. I think George understands it more than we know. And he's like, job has a sleeping problem. Yeah, he's you know, a napper. He, he, he just appreciates a good nap. Right. So. He for sure has sleep apnea. Yes. Right. right. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you should see your doctor. So I think, yeah. It's my, it's my big, you know, the, the thought on R2 not getting his memory wiped. It's like George is like, no, no, no. He's even more important than you thought. You yeah. Know? It's a statement right. from George. Right, <laughs> And this is a statement on lazy crime lords <laughs> fall asleep at their own racing events. Yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, about a little bit of a bigger arc uh, in that Clone Wars movie yeah, where right. Jama oh. has a son. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no. oh, oh let's move on. No, no, no. no, no. no I think no. The, I think those noises answered all my questions. It opens up a lot. Oh, Rota, my bookie. Uh, uh, so, Rota, Rada, uh, Jennifer, did you like seeing a different side of Java? Because he was certainly menacing in that plot. It yeah. all hinges on the Dooku trying to turn Java against the Jedi, and and kind of vice versa. So he has power, he has influence, but it is also the softer side where he cares about his child. You know, <laughs> I'm always talking about parents and Star Wars. We need to see moms and Star Wars and parents. We do. This, this case, I, I was not. So, <laughs> I don't. I don't want you to see my crime lord as a parent uh, or the softer side of a parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I loved the idea of the hutlet. I thought that was freaking adorable. Yeah. If they, I'm, I'm sure that they still sell those plushes. I think that they did for a period or uh, I need to get one for my daughter. Um, but yeah, I, no, I don't. I don't like to see the softer side of Jabba. Okay. Do you think it undermines <laughs> him? stake in the ground. Yeah, it, it does. It, it just, then I start to, uh, there's just so much for my brain to start like retconning, I guess, about my own legends in my mind that I've created yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, but see, here's the thing, guys. Just because you know I don't like it, I'm not going to go crazy about it. I just don't. I won't watch it. <laughs> You're not gonna, I won't even recognize it in my brain. You're not going to rip Rada plush heads off. <laughs> no. no YouTube videos of the 17 number one reasons why Rada sucks. Yeah, I watched that. I watched this, and I swear, I think I've actually like kind of mentally blocked it out because I can't even recall very much except for seeing little Rada's face. That that's all I can really remember from this. Yeah, that's stinky how much monkey muffin. Yeah. 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 Oh, uh, oh, see, that's cute. I like yeah. that. Yeah, see, I, there, it feels to me like there's almost this idea of like, let's explore the real um, Godfather, like specifically mm-hmm. the Godfather mm-hmm. element of Job of the Hut as a crime lord. The, the Huts are this crime family, and there's so much in the Godfather is like, it's about like, how do you deal with your family when you're in this world of crime? And it almost seems like they're trying to play with that, but then also wanted to play with like, but what if he was cute? Mm-hmm. And like, it, I, it's almost to me like if Jabba had like, a dumb teenage son that he kind of wanted to get into the business, but he also had to protect. It would have been like more into that sort of crime Mm, Lord world Uh instead of just like, Oh no, my little booby is sick. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, what you're describing is 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 uh, to me why it, it works in theory in the sense of you know Tony Soprano and how he cares yeah. about his kids or anything like that. Yeah, there's something to explore there. But like a lot of things, I think early on in Clone Wars or maybe even the prequels, George has his his weird little uh, you know, senses of humor and all everything. Yeah, and I think there's a place for cute in Star Wars, definitely. But uh, it just the execution didn't didn't come out in this particular movie. It it, it undercut the mystique of Jabba for me a little bit. Though I like again, I like. That he, it makes sense he did. He probably has twenty kids. I imagine yeah. in the course of time. Um, I, I I wonder where where is Rada now. I really do wonder. Yeah, right. And what where is there like? And would you ever need or could you explore that? But yeah, it just it, it doesn't come off. Well. Rada in episode nine. Yeah, I mean, it's a big scary hut. All grown up. It, yeah. it would work. It would right. work. Yeah, it would okay. really work. Um, yeah. So. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that Clone, Clone Wars movie. I mean, there's some great stuff, and we it's could talk absolutely about absolutely great stuff. I, I wouldn't mind one day, you know, where we, we, we hit that Patreon goal and do a commentaries of all the movies. I, I would think that'd be included because it absolutely it's got some stuff in there that's interesting. But and I think much yeah. much better in the context of the whole series. Absolutely. And I yeah. do, we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about this because we need to get moving. But I do think it is really cool when I was rewatching it and and reading about it that it's not focused on. But what's going on with Jabba is scary crime lord stuff of that the separatists and the republic and the jedi are going to him as a crime lord to yeah. get control of the hyperspace lanes that he controls and just sort of like the power of that and the darkness of that that the good guys are going like hey awful crime lord who mm-hmm. is a slave trader and a drug dealer right. we're going to sign a treaty with you which is what happens and it's like it's not what the focus of the film is but if you want to feel a little better about the cuteness of rada Taken away from Jabba, if you look at what is actually going on, it's some serious dark stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Uh, yep. Uh, all right. So there are many other appearances of Jabba in the Clone Wars, comics, all that. We don't have time to talk about all of them. Instead, I want to ask, what do you want next for Jabba? You talked about it a little bit, Jennifer, but mm-hmm. what's your ideal? Do you want a movie for him? Yeah, I really did. I wanted a movie, but I know that that's a tall order. And if it's not done right, I will be upset. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I think a nice way to do that would be to continue with the solo storyline. Yeah. I think that that's a natural way that you could bring them in um, and it would be fun and give them a, a nice little arc uh, bigger than a cameo. Um, I just would love to see how they create him again because I think that they could do an amazing job. Yeah. I think he could look even better than Jedi. Well, and I say that, I mean, obviously we know that he'd look better than in Jedi, but just for me personally, because I have so much nostalgia tied to his appearance in Jedi, I think that it could be really exciting. Yeah, I would love to see Jabba on his spaceship because like he mm. must have like a personal cruiser. And I don't think that's, a, might have appeared in the Clone Wars maybe. I don't know, there's so much Jabba mm-hmm. stuff and yeah, so much right. stuff of the hut. Maybe I'm forgetting something, but it would be so cool to see like what is his flying party bus like the katana but in space a whole spaceship of yeah. that sort of luxury uh and yeah yeah and uh you know in the clone wars he he has that relationship with maul of building the shadow collective so that would be great to pick up on mm-hmm. how does he feel about crimson dawn and all that right yeah i i i agree with the thing that we don't need every little corner of star wars um, you know, tied to everything. I understand that, but and I think that's when you when, when the Jabba movie rumors. There's some people like, ah, we don't need. Yeah, I get that argument, but I'm fascinated with how Jabba came into power. I'm fascinated with why it works. Like any 
kind of mob story? Why does the the immobile kind of sluggish guy in the center have everyone afraid of him and working for him? That that's interesting yeah. stuff in Star Wars. So I, I think a criminal underworld movie, people do like that idea. Yeah. For whatever reason you say, a oh, Jabba movie. No, a criminal underworld movie, cool. And I understand it. And if you could do it and update the look, you know, Rogue One solo, I keep going to Rogue One takes New Hope and blows it up. You know, mm-hmm. just like look at this. Now we're inside that world, uh, and it looks even almost better than than then. Um, and same with Solo. How I, I love the look and that and the four dips and stuff. So uh, I'd love to see some. I love. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't think it will be Mandalorian. I don't know. Cassian Andor. Maybe he infiltrates. Mm. Oh yeah. There's ways to do it, and I'd like to see more Jabba. Yeah, I'd be all up for some sort of underworld uh, show. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. That that has Jabba at the center doing real godfather crime boss stuff all right a uh, final fun question if you had to work at jabba's palace uh jabba's palace what would you want to do is a palace worker and or hanger honor hanger honor is kind of my answer because <laughs> yeah. that's i'm obsessed with looking at that yeah and and uh like uh, the other the female dancer the, the kind of heavier dancer like she's happy to be there she loves that life there yeah you know what's going on there uh Malachili's uh, you know I I uh, yeah just, I'm obsessed with the the folks in the background so yeah I just I'd like to pass through stay a couple nights just see what it's like kind of like New York okay every time I'm there I'm like I love it I never want to leave and I'm like all right I, I want to go back to Burbank you just um, want to treat Java's Palace as like an Airbnb yeah and then yeah, get yeah. out of there. And, and kind of hang on. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer? I would not want to work there. I had no. a boss like him, and it was horrible. You had a boss like Jabba the Hutt? Oh, my gosh. I was oh. a server at this restaurant in Los Angeles. It was horrible. He was like Jabba. I, no, because every little thing you could mess up, and and for and he, he just might like find it as like, you know, no, hey, you're fired, whatever. Okay. So, no. I would do the same thing, Ken. <laughs> I would pass on through, you know, it'd be like on my tour mm-hmm. and I'd just hang out there for a couple nights, hang out in the, literally in the shadows, yeah, <laughs> drinking my little cocktail, <laughs> enjoying the music, you know, maybe yeah. some somebody gets stuck in the trap door and then I leave. Yeah. I've always been fascinated about the idea of a comedian at Jabba's Palace, partially oh. because of that laugh of the ho, 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 ho. And, but man, talk about like the worst open mic situation. Like, I think yeah. Jabba has an open mic and then just everyone gets murdered. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like how long you got to keep making jokes and keep Jabba laughing or you, you are instantly shot by Bosk, oh you know? Uh, so I would not want to do that. I, uh, the only thing I thought about is like, maybe like I would like to be uh, in charge of the chimes oh. where you hang them. For uh, security, because I love that he has basically yeah. security chimes. I, it's so funny you bring up the chimes. It's one of my favorite things of the palace. <laughs> it's so such a weird little detail. They're hidden, like, right? They're like they're little hut chimes. They're little hut chimes. Yeah, I love the artwork in the katana. That's a, a hut in the background, or probably him too. Uh, I like to kind of think it's like his great grandfather or something. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I'm so f- that's fascinating. You brought that detail. Just yeah. interior yeah. design because, like, yeah, yeah. Did, th- did that person also say like, yeah, no, I think I think Han would look best on this wall. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Jennifer, I will turn to you. Any other final thoughts on Jabba because he is uh, so close to your heart. One of the greatest characters, Star Wars characters ever. <laughs> no, I just, I just think that you know, they, it, he truly is something special, and I can't wait for my my daughter already likes him, but I can't wait for her to see him on screen and, and just see what her reaction is. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. That is awesome. And I would say he is, he is one of the greatest Star Wars characters. He is an iconic image of Star Wars and, 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 and people who don't even know Star Wars know Jabba. Right. That's, that's powerful. 
Yeah. Yeah. So congrats to you, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> That's what we have to say. That's our look at Jabba. I'm sure we'll be talking more about him in the future when his son appears in episode nine. Absolutely. You heard it here first. Rada for nine. Uh, thank you, Joseph, for digging through that. Jennifer, thank you for your unbridled passion for Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> it makes it exciting. It makes it fun. Now we're going to go to some audience questions, as we like to do. We take some from Twitter, and we always grab some from Patreon. We have this one from Shuldog, Jay Shuldog. What percentage chance is uh, is it that Obi-Wan appears or is referenced in an episode nine uh, movie? I don't know why I added a lot of words to that. <laughs> what happens? Uh, if there is uh, no Obi-Wan movie coming, is this our best chance to have Ewan McGregor return to the screen? So even uh, Shul Dog saying, hey, maybe we could actually see uh, a ghostly image of Obi-Wan. So chance question, Jen, what, what are the odds here? Tell me the odds this time. You know, I don't know the odds, but I know we would lose our minds. So, there, you know, there's a part of me that does kind of want this, not just because poor Ewan McGregor gets asked this question on every talk right. show, on every red carpet, but I think that there could be something interesting about that dynamic if he visits Ray as a force ghost and being that mentor mm-hmm. uh, that she's kind of that she still is kind of seeking, you know, I think that there could be something interesting there. And I think talk about a big uh, secret that they've been mm. withholding. Woo-hoo! Yeah. That'd be, that'd be incredible if they could do it. Yeah. yeah I think chances I'm going to go as high as 90% that really? he is, that the character of Obi-Wan mm-hmm. is in it or referenced at least at the level that he was in force awakens. Sure. I think especially since they're wrapping everything up that we've talked about. And I still think there's so many different ways that a, that Ray could have a force vision. And I think that might be the way Ewan McGregor would show up because I think everybody is going to get hung up on if he is just a force ghost. Why isn't he Alec Guinness? Right. It seems like people don't want yeah. to go the Grand Moff Tarkin route with Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan. Yeah. So I, I feel like just straight up force ghost is difficult. Mm-hmm. But some sort of force vision speaking to her through through a kyber crystal. I like that. I think the reference is, is as high as 90%. I yeah. Think, yeah. Technically he's referenced in Last Jedi, not by name, but right. the Jedi who trained and created Darth Vader. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, so I, I think a reference would be high, but I, I just think seeing him, seeing a lot of those Force Ghosts, it's already uh, potentially a crowded movie and there's a lot to get to. And, and, but, but if you tie it to Ray. If there's still some explanation why his voice was there, mm-hmm. yeah, they need to they feel the need to explain it. That's why I think a reference is, is almost a safe bet. Or yeah, or maybe Kylo talks a little bit about why his parents named him Ben. Oh yeah, that that would be interesting. That would be interesting. <laughs> Here's our common name. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good. So, Shul, uh, what are your? What's your? It sounds like your percentage is high, Shul. We want to know. Uh, Ernest at Commander Cloud on Twitter says Kylo Ren is master of the Knights of Ren. What are your thoughts on names for Jedi led by Ray? Mine are Ray's Rough Riders, Ray's Roughneck <laughs> Riveters, and Jedi the Gray. I like that. All right, let's name her team. Oh boy, Joseph, you got a you got a name here for uh, Ray's squad. Yeah, I, I thought about a lot of ideas, but the one I like is uh, uh, Ray and the Attachments. <laughs> She's just like, screw it, you were wrong. It's good to have attachments. Yeah. That's what we learned from Luke Skywalker. It's a great Paying it forward. Band. We're all friends. Yeah. Ray and the Jedi buddies. Great house band. Ray and the Attachments. Mm. Uh, Jen, you know I can't. It's interesting because. 
had she would be leading them, but I don't think that Ray would feel comfortable having it be Ray's blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I think she would want it to be more of a collaboration. So like an an encompassing name. Like she would feel weird about having it just be her name in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know what it would be. I love Ray's Rough Riders though. I want that on like a jacket <laughs> on the back. Oh, I can see the logo. Right? Yeah. That'd be yeah. awesome. So I don't I don't know what it is. Let's get Jenna Ray's Rough Riders prospect jacket there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of, you know, would Ray want to be attached to the lead? I don't know. I, th- I think she could be the lead singer there if she wanted to. I, I think if it's Knights of Red, why not go to like Knights of Light? Oh, I like that. Ray just trying to fight the darkness any way she can. Ray and the Light Knights. Yes, Ray and the Light Knights. I like that. Nice. I like that. Ernest, uh, thanks for that uh, thought starter there. We go to Patreon. We'll tell you where you can uh, support us a little bit later for that, but we always take two each episode. Gabriel Anel writes, I have a thought about the Mandalorian and the streaming service. Here's that thought. I recently paid for the DC streaming service app for my Apple TV, and it premiered Titans, a live-action, dark, gritty Teen Titans. They didn't release everything at once, and some episodes were moved in different viewing orders for some reason. Also, they cut the season at episode 11 instead of episode 12 and kept the arc open and saved episode 12 for season 2. Will we see that sort of stuff with The Mandalorian? Well, I hope wow. not. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I don't quite know what's going on. Now, Joseph, uh, you don't, do you have the DC streaming service? I don't, and this is a, this is a, a, a wound for me because the Teen Titans are like my favorite mm. comic book. Uh, and then you know, they put out the super dark gritty where Robin says F Batman in the trailer and then right. kicks someone in the knee and blood comes out of the oh. knee somehow. Anyway, uh, so I, I haven't I haven't jumped in. I'm, I'm hearing mixed things about it. I'll check it out eventually. Yeah, I mean, this sounds messy but i think it is also a reminder that you have a lot of flexibility with a streaming service you know so it's Mm -hmm. not like you've committed of like it's airing at this time on abc and we've already got you know the toilet paper bears got a commercial (laughs) you know so it's i like the idea that there is flexibility and if a good idea comes up that disney could just go like yeah you know what this mandalorian episode that was supposed to be the last would be great as the first season i'm open to that sort of uh, creativity I, yeah, I understand that. I understand that, Jen. I'm not open to it. <laughs> I, I want okay. them to have a, a clear. I because I, I, I when I see this D, DC streaming service, I'm like, oh, it sounds like they're kind of figuring out as they go along. And I I hope that uh, with Disney, they're. I mean, I, I we know that they're going to be figuring out as they go along. But I hope that they kind of have an idea for what they want. Either just release them all at once, or maybe weekly. Yeah, I think doing three here and two there because there's not that many episodes, right? There's only like I think eight, eight, ten. ten? Yeah, yeah. So and, and each week someone will tweet us the correct number, and each week I forget it. I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, so I I hope that that is just all at once. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the way that they're going to go. It seems like Favreau has a clear plan for the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, and I'm really hoping for weekly, oh, a single yeah. episode a week. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you, you, that's how you keep the keep the the show in the news. In yeah, the news cycle mm. there. Well, um, yeah. And it, what, what Gabriel's describing reminds me of even the Clone Wars, though, on Cartoon Network. Yeah, uh, mm. it's still confusing to me. Right. Yeah, well, you have yeah. to you have a little guide with you as you walk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Gabriel. Robert Nathan Price asks us this: Do you think we may see a bigger push into Star Wars games in 2019, 2020, as we may have next gen consoles on the way, or do you think Disney will wait to see what happens with the new TV shows? Um, great stuff. Yeah, video games have been in the news lately, whether it's positive stuff like Dooku showing up or the EA 
collapse or failure to get a game going or whatever's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So fair question, Jen. You want to do some gaming? I'm I'm in toddler mode today. No, there's just, there's, there's not going to be a bigger. No, I I, uh, I, I love that. It's you know what I really after the whole EA thing I was mm. like oh boy all right there's trouble in video game land so I think that they're going to do a big push for the the Jedi mm-hmm. one that's coming out yeah I think that's in twenty nine no it's not twenty nineteen twenty twenty. I think Fallen they Lord. have said maybe twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Do they really? I think it is. Twenty nineteen right now. Uh, I think <laughs> it is. Yes, <laughs> you are minute. correct. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the last thing I read is that they're shooting for 2019. But okay. I mean, with video games, it's mm-hmm. always like we'll yeah. put it out when we put it out. Like yeah. Nintendo just said, like, oh, we made an entire Metroid video game. You don't think it's very good, so uh, we're releasing it in 2022. Right. <laughs> like you'd never know. I think that they're still figuring that stuff out on the video game side after the whole battlefront and the packs and things yeah. like, you know what I mean? I yeah. think that they're still trying to figure it out. Well, yeah. These games take so long to develop. There's, I do it. Robert brings up an interesting point with the next gen consoles, which are probably already, you know, at 2020, I heard we might get a PlayStation five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So some might be in the works. We just, we won't, don't know yet. I yeah. Guess. And, uh, and Robert had sent this in uh, a little while back when we were collecting, uh, 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 questions before mm. the EA um, announcement, but yeah. I think the next gen thing is really interesting because I feel like you gotta launch with something good. And to me, yeah. it's this fascinating question of in this era, what is a good Star Wars yeah. video game? Because you want it to be able to play it for a long time, but it has to be super high quality, which means right. developing forever. So, what are you gonna do? I'd kind of be okay with some cheap, crappy Star Wars games yeah, at this point, yeah, yeah, sure. or not yeah. even crappy, but just. It's simple. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that's not the industry. So yeah. So be it. So be it. So be it. Yeah. The TV shows, Robert, that question, I I think it's kind of separate at this point, but you know, you hear Disney, they're they're aware of it. It seems like Disney and maybe even Uncle Bob himself was upset about the loot crate stuff on Battlefront. Yeah. 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 They're they're concerned about it. They worry. Like, yeah. You know what? Here's a wild prediction because I think uh, part of what Robert is saying is like we don't have uh, video games tied to releases because everything right. moves too fast. So maybe we're going to get an epic uh, Batu Black Spire video game oh. because that's going to be evergreen yeah. for a while. Absolutely. Yep. I could roam around that free yeah. world, buy some turkey legs and some sweaters. And that's right. Yeah, have to <laughs> change good. goods with Doc Ondor. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Robert, Gabriel, Ernest, and Shuldog for your questions. If you have a question you want to comment on today's episode or just reach out in general, you can go to Twitter and Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Our website is forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. On there is an address if you want to mail us something as well. tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center is where our shirts are at. And you can also, well, you can get <laughs> stickers. Where our shirts are. Our, our, our shirts our coffee mugs, tapestries, if you want a four-center tapestry, all there as well. Podcasts available, Potomac, our iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and we are on YouTube. If you haven't already, check out the animated databank brawl episode by Brian Ward. If you want to see Goss Tours and Constable Zuvio in an epic classic battle, go to our <laughs> YouTube page. And we mentioned earlier, Joseph, but Patreon is important as well. That is right. We are building towards new goals, uh, some new announcements coming soon. If you want to support us and help keep the podcast rolling, you can do that at patreon.com slash four center. Absolutely. We're almost out of here, but we want to let you know where you can find us. If you want to talk Java with Jen, she's got some Java videos on her YouTube page. I know that. I do. Yes. YouTube.com slash Jennifer Landa. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Jennifer Landa. Be sure to check out starwars.com. I have some, uh, 
posts a post up on uh, cosplay. Oh, if yeah. you're going to celebration, I have some tips that I share. So be sure to check it out. StarWars.com. Oh yeah, that Tauntaun. Is there a new Tauntaun one? Uh, there are new, uh, no, I think that was the one I wore for uh, Halloween. Okay, man, that's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Joseph. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, particularly that live shows page. Um, if you're a Doctor Who fan here in Los Angeles or coming in, I'll be a guest at Gallifrey One, the big Doctor Who convention coming up in February. All sorts of shows. And check out uh, Tigtone on Adult Swim. Absolutely. And, and let Adult Swim you know you enjoyed the show. Uh, tweet at them. That stuff uh, does help. And mm-hmm. so uh, good work there. Yeah, check out Joseph's live shows if you can. If you are listening to the show uh, in sort of real time, I'll be in Arizona this weekend. You can go to markellislive.com for tickets. Me, Josh McCuga, Mark Ellis. I don't know if we're sharing a bed this time. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of fun in Arizona. I apologize for my voice. I really do. I know it's annoying. I sound like an old 70s disco DJ. Um, but I had so much fun screaming at all your fans in New York. That's why I lost it. So apologize, though. Uh, we'll be back next week. Check out Databank Broad. Check it all out. So for the greatest gangster in all of the galaxy, we'll see you next time. This has been Force Center.